Hi, my name is Joyous, and I started coming to the United Parish this year online, but I have been to service at UP several times before the pandemic. I started attending online worship while I lived in New York City, Wallingford, Connecticut, and have now settled in New Hampshire. On this eighth Sunday in Eastertide, we continue our season of stewardship, praying about and making our commitments to support our community life together. We have considered the three basic prayers described in a book by Anne Lamont, help, thanks, and wow, and how those prayers have been alive in this congregation over the past year. Today, we recap that series and hear an excerpt from Jesus's famous Sermon on the Mount as described in Matthew's Gospel. Let us open our ears, our imaginations, our hearts, and souls and join Jesus and his listeners on the hilltop. And Jesus said to them, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your parent in heaven give good things to those who ask? For the good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. So today is Pentecost. You can see we have our red pyramids up and Pentecost is the birthday of the church. Uh, some of our church school students might remember this from their lesson back on May 2nd and from some of the activities they've been doing in their home activity kits and with their teachers. That Pentecost is the day when we celebrate the way that the spirit has moved us, the way that it has inspired us to be creative, to see things differently, to understand people and even ourselves in new ways. And we often retell the story of Pentecost, of how Jesus's followers were gathered. It was after Jesus had ascended to heaven, or as we sometimes will joke, the first day that Jesus started working from home, an old and recycled joke now, um, and they didn't know what was happening next. They were huddled, they were gathered, they were quiet, they were praying, they were confused, and they were asking help. And then suddenly, the Spirit of God rushed through like a violent wind. I mean, think about that, a violent wind. This wasn't a soft breeze that brushes your cheek and helps you feel refreshed. This wasn't even the breeze that blows your hair and maybe you lose your hat as you're on a boat in the ocean. This was a violent wind. This is a tornado. This is a hurricane. This is scary. The Spirit of God enters that room like a violent wind. Wow. And then flames. The Holy Spirit appears as though there were tongues of fire above everyone's head. They were glowing. They were inspired. They were lit up. How terrifying might that be? How awe-inspiring. Wow. And then suddenly, 
people start talking and they can understand each other. They're speaking different languages, that's important. They can understand each other across their differences, in spite of their differences. Wow. What's a moment when you suddenly had a realization that you understood what someone was getting at? Or you suddenly understood a new perspective that had confused you up until that point? Or maybe you suddenly understood how to send an invitation on Zoom and you could connect in a way that you hadn't been able to before. What did that feel like? Did you feel grateful? Did you feel that sense of gratitude, of, of thanks? Because after the disciples could understand each other, after all of these people could communicate across their differences, they went out and they baptized people and they brought more and more people into the community. And so when I hear the Pentecost story, I hear help and wow and thanks. And I hear one more thing, which is here, which is that extension of oneself to offer what you have as a reflection of the gratitude, of the amazement that you have with the way that God has worked in your life. And so we're going to be hearing from a few of our officers this morning about where they have experienced help and wow and thanks as we have invite you to think about what your expression of here is. What do you have to offer to go out and increase the numbers of the church, to go out and increase the love in the world, the justice in the world? Thank you. Help? There's a good question. Where have I seen that prayer during the last year in my life, in the life of United Parish? Since moving to Boston six years ago, my wife Carolyn and I have fixed meals, provided transportation, and cared for our three young grandsons when schedules require. Until COVID, we would have been clueless if my daughter had asked to us to be part of a family bubble. Daycare and schools closed. Both parents needed to work. What more could we do? For 14 weeks, we had preschool with our five-year-old grandson, Monday through Thursday. Day camp pickup and aftercare filled the summer. Remote school for the third grader happened at our place September through March. It was good, but we got tired. How long was this going to last? What if one of us got sick? Oh, God, help! We found comfort in reading together, bedtime psalms, and lyrics to hymns. Through growing grandparents, we have seen that every family is unique. Some that had moved to help their, with grandchildren could not see them in person. Others moved away to be closer to family. Some remote schooled or taught or tutored. There have been serious illnesses other than COVID and new grandbabies. A few folks stepped back from active involvement. All of us searched for vaccine appointments, for a way to vote, and tried to help others do the same. Oh God, help us! We learned to Zoom and met twice every month from September through April, from Boston and Cape Cod to Maryland and California. 
As church treasurer, help prayers have been frequent as well. When the church building closed, building usage revenues stopped that are essential to the budget. How many people would continue to worship remotely with the sanctuary empty? How many would give offerings and then pledge to still give in an uncertain year? Oh, God, help! Meanwhile, the nightly news scared us and pained us with the inequalities, racism, and denial of science in our nation. How could we help even more than before? God, give us strength. As a math teacher, my first priority in a new semester is to help my students build community and create a safe learning environment. I always tell my students that persistence and making mistakes are two of the best tools in their problem-solving toolbox. But by the time students reach university level, most of my undergraduates resist asking questions because they don't wanna make a mistake in front of their peers or they've been told somewhere along the line, you're just not good at math. And they believe those words. To change that, students have to be willing to move out of their familiar comfort zones. But that requires trust and the willingness to sit in the place of utter frustration where you may not even know what questions to ask. I get it. I too generally leave my own comfort zone kicking and screaming. But in retrospect, that's usually where I see my greatest growth. Last March, like most other college professors, I had 10 days to revise my curriculum to a virtual format. But the bigger challenge was assembling the necessary equipment and figuring out what plugged in where and how do I format this and what the heck is Zoom? It has continued to be a fairly steep learning curve over this past year of the pandemic as I performed gymnastic feats angling the laptop screen or balancing my phone on a flower canister to use as a second camera, creating a morass of cords on the dining room table and growling at my computer when the little blue circle just kept spinning. I am so thankful for that year of struggle. So many students in math class feel exactly the same way, apprehensive, completely frustrated, and not even sure what questions to ask. It is incredibly valuable for a teacher to be reminded how that feels. Two years ago, I had to live in an entirely different zip code than my own comfort zone when preparing for an exceptionally different, difficult conference presentation. It was an enormous leap of faith to ask for feedback on the presentation from a small circle of friends at United Parish Trust is not native to my world, but that experience has helped it grow. What I approached with great trepidation has opened new doors and led to deeper and richer friendships. Every day I marvel at the blessings of having my United Parish family. When I try to describe United Parish to other friends, I am overwhelmed with thankfulness. I am thankful for our pastors and staff, and all of those who've worked so hard to keep us connected through virtual worship this year. For the marvelous music that has continued to enrich worship, 
despite all the technical challenges. For the children and the other teachers with whom I have worked in the church school this year, for being part of a church community that actively stands up against injustice and truly welcomes and values everyone. For how much our rainbow chairs are used, for being part of a community that helps me want to be my best self, and for the example of so many members who daily demonstrate what it means to be a good steward of their gifts. Thanks God for that Sunday morning eight years ago when out of the blue, I felt compelled to go to a service at United Parish. You are now welcome to add your own thanks to the chat. Wow is the prayer that Anne Lamott calls the praise prayer, the prayer where we're finally speechless. So much about the past 15 months has left me speechless. Like millions of families around the world, our family lost loved ones to COVID. Lucy was 90 years old and living in a care facility here in New England. Jeff, my sister Christina's husband, got sick in Minnesota in September. As I struggled with being so far away, our loving church community held me, checked in on me, prayed with me, and took care of me so I could support and care for my family. Wow. When I reached out to Leanne Canty, a doctor in our congregation who worked in a field hospital for advice, she told me a close friend of hers, a pulmonary specialist, was in town for the day. They offered to do a video call with my sister and niece and gave assurance that Jeff was receiving good care. Wow. We kept praying. When Jeff died, after 25 days on a ventilator, Christina wrote, Look at how many people have been praying and growing close to each other and God during the past month. This is what our world needs. Our prayers have not been for nothing. Such faith. Wow. In February, on what would have been Jeff's 59th birthday, one of the nurses who cared for him in the ICU gave Christina and her two children hand-knit prayer shawls with a card that read, I know you weren't able to hold Jeff's hand while he was in the hospital. I did, and I thought you might like something made by the hands that held his. Wow. In our time of pain and grief, we experienced extraordinary acts of compassion, kindness, and love. These days, we are seeing signs of hope in the United States. Vaccines are available with faster development than ever before, and people are starting to come back together. Last month, I was finally able to hug my sister. Wow. Not all of the wows have been good. Thousands of people are dying every day in India and Brazil. The poorest countries in the world have no vaccines. George Floyd's murder just three blocks from my high school laid bare the pervasive systemic racism in our country. Mass shootings, hate crimes, the Capitol insurrection, deep political division, devastating fires and deadly storms. Wow, we have a lot of work to do. 
But amid the grim news headlines, there are also signs of sacrifice, resilience, generosity, and love. Many right here in our United Parish community. We've taken care of each other. We've learned to worship in new ways, led by our incredible and creative staff. We've prayed and sung and meditated and studied through laptops and phones. We fed nearly 400 people with our takeout Thanksgiving dinner and so much more. We are here. We are changed. We are called. God is moving among us. Wow. Help, thanks, and wow indeed. Thank you, Doug, Kate, Jennifer, and Amy. Our three officers beautifully embody what I know to be the best of our community. Loving, humble, compassionate, smart, soulful, caring, authentic. And they represent the different ways that this historic, tumultuous year has affected us all with their personal stories. When I see their work and their service and the service of all our ministry teams and conveners, the many ways that we all contribute to the whole body, I am deeply inspired. Many times I have said help to you all. And just like Jesus taught, I've received it. And at this moment, I especially lean into thanks and wow. Today is the day that we celebrate the collective synergy that is the United Parish in Brookline. Today is the day in which we recognize that all of us have a part to play. All of us can make contributions, financial and with our time. And I'd say if you haven't already made your pledge for the year ahead, please do so. You can go to the Giving Stewardship page on our website. There's a link in the chat or on the YouTube page. And if you need more time to make your decision, please just let us know. You can email stewardship at upbrookline.org. Reflecting on these last 14 months, as I wrote to you earlier, I can only smile with deep gratitude at how we fared. We took financial hits. We changed the way we carry out worship and ministry. We have Zoomed and Zoomed and Zoomed some more. We protested. We supported justice and relief groups. We upped our technical game and broadened our programming and music and the church school. We called together a COVID financial relief fund. We helped one another. We creatively reshaped our budgets and through it all, the basic decency and bedrock faithfulness of our community has remained steadfast and led us in important new directions. And I say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to the power of God working through all of us. As Peter preached on that day of Pentecost and quoted the prophet Joel, your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your young people will see visions. Your old folks will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants of all genders, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will proclaim my message. We at the United Parish are in the business of trying to catch God's vision of trying to live that vision out and to proclaim it forward, a vision of looking forward, of progressing forward and moving into God's future. And as we look ahead, our reopening team is actively figuring out how to reopen safely and sanely, taking the guidance of the CDC and the Governor Baker's administration 
We're looking to have more in-person gatherings this summer and starting up in-person worship in September, giving our staff and team enough time to pivot and as well as take some well-needed vacations and time away. In the year ahead, our increased online presence will need to continue, and we are actively figuring out what we need to do to live stream artfully and faithfully into the next decade of the 21st century. As we say in our anniversary slogan, we are rooted in the past and we are reaching into our future. And along those lines, our Stretching into Justice ministry team are urging us to join the Greater Boston Interfaith Organization, which would help us have more of a policy impact in our justice work. You can learn more about that next week in worship and at our June 1st forum. And we will also be expanding our work in local issues of food insecurity and affordable housing right here in our neighborhood, being a living, tangible witness to the grace and goodness and hospitality of God. Because God is still working with us and we are still paying attention. I thank you all for being a part of this help Thanks and well. Blessed be and amen.